0: School children are going to go to their class, and uh, we're going to turn to the book of Romans, the sixth chapter, Romans six. Praise God! Again, we're thankful for what the Lord is doing. I'm going to flip that heater off there, get it nice and cold. No, we're just going to make sure it's a little quiet. It's all warmed up and ready for uh, the baptism here in a little bit. Thank you, everybody, that's here to get behind Chris and what he's doing here for the Lord. And God has done some great things there we've been just excited to be a part of it, excited to see that hunger. Praise God. Who would have thought, who would have thought that just, I don't know when it happened over a few years, you know, just uh, some, some guy walking up and down the road here, (laughs) stop and say hello, just friendly and said hello to Christopher one day, didn't know his name and Maybe he just chatted a little bit and think we saw each other maybe two or three times, and then one day he just walks in and just makes himself at home. Phrase God, invites his mom. Whew Then look at what happened. Amen. Amen. We'll just leave it at that. God's good. And so many others of you that are just doing all you can to you're such such a blessing. We've catch you. Count you just valuable friends, and we appreciate you. Could say a lot here, but we're just excited for what uh, the church is just getting behind. Is what uh, what Chris is doing here today. So Romans six, let's pray again. Will you pray for me, God? Just help me stay out of His way and just let Him just say what He wants to say. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for these hungry hearts that are here today. We thank you, Lord, for Your presence, for Your truth, God. You said the truth will make us free. And God, we're just so tired of lies, a tradition, and and ways of of man's best. We need you to move on the scene and help us if we're going to get victory. If we're going to see your power in this day be real, God, we need you to do it. Help me, Lord, to just yield myself to you and allow you to have your way. We love you. Talk to each heart, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Romans 6, let's read a few verses. We're going to stand just uh, in honor of the word of God. It says, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? You know, I think there's a lot of folks in churches that think, well, I've got grace. Who cares? Sin's not even, God doesn't see it. It's like a blindfold. Like God, you know, we just sin all the time, constantly, and God, God loves me now. Well, he does love you, but he loves you enough to try to change your heart. Yeah make you some make you new amen yeah. and paul says it just very bluntly here shall we continue in sin that grace may abound he said god forbid how how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein know you not that so many of us as were baptized into jesus christ well there's power in that name yeah. we're baptized into his death therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that, also, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so, we should also walk in newness of life. God bless you. You can be seated. Just talking about being made new. Amen. Paul is talking to a church. They need to understand just everything that's going on in their lives and, and in this salvation that Jesus offers. Because there are so many different ideas. We've got to be careful. Now, I've done my best. I know some of you have done a lot of research, too, and that I applaud you for that. There's a lot too many people that don't just get into the Word of God and say, hey, let me, let me figure this out. You know, Paul, he looked at one church and told them in one of his letters, these folks are, are more noble. He was giving them not only encouragement but compliments and kind of showing them off to other people. So I want to tell you something about these folks that stands out to me. They go back and they look things up. They search the scriptures to see if these things are so. God help a preacher that says, hey, don't you take your Bible to church. And don't you go home and look into that. You just take my word for it. you. Got a question. How dare you question me? How messed up is that? Jesus said that we should be making disciples. That means we are helping you to learn and to grow and and have your relationship with God. And the thing about a relationship that a lot of people don't fail to realize is it can't be based on lies. A relationship can never be based on lies. If you're going to really trust God, you're going to have to put your confidence in him. You can you got to make sure you know who you're talking about. There's a lot of times people have learned things that have been just a part of their denominational organization. That's been a part of their upbringing. And, and, you know, that's what grandma used to believe. And that's what I was brought up. in, that's what I'm comfortable around. But when you get back to the word of God and say, hey, where'd that come from? Where is that? I just had a conversation with someone here very just last night. And they said, you know, in the Bible where it says, I said, yeah, show that to me. And I really don't have a lot of time for you to dig into something that's just not there. Right, right. What? It's not there? No, it's not in your Bible. Right, right. How? I, I've always thought it was there. We've got to go back to the word of God and say, God, I want to get to know you. Yes. I don't want to get to know a a picture somebody painted of you that I look at and come up in my mind of what, you know, a lot of people say, you know, the God that I serve, he's like this. You know what? You ever have somebody just make stuff up about you? Sure you have. And you just love it. (laughs) They they, they know all about you. They don't know nothing about you. Right? Right? Right. God knows all about that. There's a lot of folks lying on God. A lot of folks with neckties standing in pulpits. Telling you about Jesus and how, you know what he what he's like, and and never really getting to what he said. Never really taking his words and saying, you know, this is what he loves. I've sat down, uh, it was funny, I, I kid about it my, my wife and I laugh about it sometimes. Well, meaning, and years and years ago, I went to visit somebody that really hardly knew me, and, but for some reason, they felt like it was a big deal to act like they just knew me so well and were telling folks that, like, oh, you know, I'm bringing out these brownies and this Coca-Cola because I know you like Coca-Cola. I was like, I've, I think I've drank two Coca-Colas in my life. And, <laughs> and that was the second one. <laughs> Well, you know, you smile and you nod and you choke it down. I guess you know. But uh I, I think a lot of times we go, "Oh, I know what God." You know, the Bible tell you what He likes, right. and the Bible tell you what He doesn't like. Amen. We got to get back to that. And say, "Okay, God, you know what? I know a lot, but I just I don't want to make up my walk and my relationship with you based on lies. I want to know. I, I want to walk with you and know you." Yes, so Paul is talking about to the church about. How grace is such an amazing thing as we sing about, but really it's not just uh, an act of, of God to say, you know what, now you just go on your way because sin is damaging. Right. That's right. Sin is not God's best for you. It's a, in one sense of describing sin. It's just, you know, you're falling short of God's best, God's will for you. God knows what, what you can be Amen. in him. God knows what your gifts are. He's your father. He's seen you every day of your life and looks forward to you just, just fulfilling your potential. He's excited about that. But he sees how sin has pulled you away from that. Amen. He sees how, how you fighting with him and saying, but I want, you know, like a child, I want what I like. And, and God knows that if you just go ahead and do what he likes, yeah. he knows what's best. He made you. Yeah. So our life of sin... Oh, that seems like a dirty word to a lot of people. And I'll I'll tell you what, it's probably not your fault. A lot of folks that talk a lot about sin have done a pretty bad job of it. They've used it to beat people over the head with it. They've used people to put them down and make them feel inferior. And I think sometimes I I woke up this morning thinking about, about a child in the Bible and a tragedy that befell that child. His name was Mephibosheth. That's not the tragedy, that he was named Mephibosheth. (laughs) (laughs) That that would be enough, you know. But, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, you got a question to mom that says, uh, (laughs) Mephibosheth, that's going to carry that with you all your life. (laughs) Try making friends now. But, hey, he he was five years old and there was war, there was problems that he didn't have anything to do with. It wasn't his fault that... There was civil war, and people were fighting. And someone heard one of the generals had died, and and powers were going to be changing over in the land. And and a, and a and a a help, a nursemaid, grabs a child to to make sure it's safe, and runs, and trips and falls. Right. And that child, in no fault of its own, now has feet that are injured, to where it grows up with feet that are not able to carry his own weight and grows up with a with a handicap right. with a disability to no fault of his own. Right. Somebody else fell. Yeah. Right. That's right. Uh, I, I know the Bible. We, we get around here long enough. We're not going to act like a sin is is it, just no big deal. It is. It, it damages people. It hurts people from having the best life that they can have. But right. a lot of what wherever you were and wherever you came from we're going to spend no time at all just trying to put the blame on you right. we're not we're not interested in just trying to affix uh, the the guilt right. but we are going to tell you that that God knows how to take care of you because in mephibosheth's life the exciting thing about it is he grew up with injuries that were not his own fault right. but there was a time where david said you know what i, I I, I want Mephibosheth. I, I didn't realize that Jonathan, my friend. Thank God for friends in church. Thank God for Jonathan's that, that that maybe you just don't hear a whole lot about them, but they're fighting the battle right there and just getting behind the, the 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 leadership of of his day. And thank God for people that are just helpful. We're all just working together. It's not a again not just one person involved here. But David said, "Wait a minute, Mephibosheth. He's out there. Bring him in. He's going to eat at my table." Get bring him in. Now he's going to eat at the king's table. He's going to eat the food I eat. He's going, to, he's going to enjoy the atmosphere that I provide. Mephibosheth is going to be my friend at my table. And that's what we're talking about. Jesus knows how to take all of our past that, that is beggarly compared to a life lived by, with the king. We look at our lives. Paul's talking about that old life, that, that life of, of my will. It might be things you're not so proud of. It, you might have come from a place where people are where you feel like you're you're religious and you you understand a lot more than a lot of people. But then you come to a place and realize, wait a minute, I need help, too. Yeah. Paul was kind of like that. He he recognized he lived his life just with zeal, with passion to try to be the best he can be. But when he really opened up and was honest in in Romans, the seventh chapter, he said to be. I know in my heart I'm not everything I wish I could be. There are times when I say I know what I'm just not going to do anymore and I find myself not having power to stay away from it. Amen. Amen. He said there's times I make up my mind, I'm going to do right, I'm going to do right, I'm going to do right, and I don't do right like I should. He says, who can deliver me from this? Well, it's Jesus. (laughs) It's Jesus. This salvation that we have that a lot of folks have really just kind of taken little bits of Bible here and there, but not really took the context of a lot of things we see in Romans. We, we not only come to the Lord needy, come to the Lord sinful, we, we turn from that, right. say, well, I, I believe in Jesus. Hey, I believe in George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met him, right. but I imagine he, from what I understand, maybe he's a pretty good guy here. Some folks say he's not too good. Hey, that's all right. But you know what? He's not my friend. Uh, it's got to be more, like the brother said, more than just up here that I believe in him. Yeah, right. I got to know him. Yeah, right. I got to surrender my life to him. The Bible calls it repentance. Now, that's yeah. a word that, you know, folks have attacked, but it really means to recognize hey, the way I'm going, I need help. I'm, I'm heading the wrong direction, even in my best. Right. So, repentance means I, I'm sorry for not really letting God just direct my life in his will, so I turn from that. Turn to God. I, I'm 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 sorry for the life that I lived. Baptism, you'll see it in the Bible. It's not a again. We can go back to the very councils of history that happened hundreds of years after Jesus uh, lived his life and set up the church, and and the apostles were preaching and. And see how where where this idea of, of infant baptism and and sprinkling little babies. But the Bible says repent and be baptized, oh, yeah. believe and be baptized. We're not interested in church traditions that are great for, you know, your your social media platform to see how many people can like the pictures that you've posted. But we're interested in saying, God, how do we get to know you? Well, first, we got to we got to realize we need God. Not everybody does. They want God when when they're in trouble, but a life surrendered to God. That's why Jesus told a lot of religious folks, you know, I've come to just call the the sinner, not the righteous. And a lot of people could look at that and say, well, I guess there's some that just don't need God. No, that's self-righteous. People that are so good, you know, in the book of Revelation, he talked about those that were rich and increased with goods. It was a church. In their own eyes, they were rich and increased. We have need of nothing, he said to Laodicea. But he said, you don't even realize you're poor, you're blind, you're miserable, you're naked. You got nothing. Your self-righteousness is just filthy rags before God. We turn away from sin. And he said in Acts, the second chapter, he said, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of those sins. Here in Romans, we see that again. It is the burial. We're going to bury that old life. We're going to, and and it goes on. It's exciting to me because, you know, I think maybe, maybe Chris, you know this, and maybe you've experienced a little bit of that devil tries to come back and tell you, you know what? God really didn't do it. He doesn't really care, but you know what? You can remind the devil, Hey, you know what? I, I did that because I meant business. And you know what? It goes on and says in Romans six eleven. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So there is this reckoning. You'll see if we would take some time and break down this whole chapter. Do it sometime. It's a great chapter. But it talks about this process of needing to yield to God and not yield to the enemy because there's a battle going on. So you go back and say, hey, wait a minute. I'm dead to that old life. I've been buried with Jesus in baptism. Buried with him. That old life is buried now. I, uh, you, well, were you, did you really, did you, was it really gone? Is it really over? Yeah, we buried it. Right. We buried it in Jesus. Yes, that we should walk in newness of life. And I want to spend a little more time here. We don't want to take too much time this morning. But how important it is to recognize that God offers new life. Yeah. God offers new life. I'm excited. Sometimes sometimes here recently, sometimes it's a Sunday morning, sometimes it's maybe a Wednesday night. But folks that get up and testify about God's goodness, we many times just open the floor, some services and let folks just share what God's doing in their life at that time. And recently we've had several just say, hey, let me tell you where I came from. Say, "Oh, I would have never thought that that's how great God's work is. People standing up and talking about their drug abuse, their 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 alcoholism, their depression, their, their 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 all the different ways that the enemy has has some things just just too dark to even really, really open up in a public setting. But look at what the Lord has done. Amen. He said we walk in newness of life. I said earlier that some churches and I'm not trying to fight with anybody, but I want the I want everybody to just know God like he wants to be known. And that's not a bunch of Pharisees that are just beating folks over the head that need help yeah, right. how messed up is that they need help and they're being beat down All right. but there is another side to the to the modern church of today that has no real really no power to see lives made new. This is a thing that I said last week a lot of folks weren't here we had that snowstorm so it was tough for a lot of people to, to come. Some of you were working. Some of you were uh, uh, just shoveling snow or sick. But but to recognize that God changes lives. I, I know what it's like to to hear a, a message that says He just loves you just the way you are. He sure does. But He loves you enough to take away the things that are that are hurting you. And there's too many churches full of folks that show up and be a part of the club, but they're still battling those devils. They're still bound in darkness. They still cry in the, the loneliness of depression. They still feel the, the, the weight of their, the condemnation of, of, of their sins. They still walk in shame of knowing, like Paul said, the things I want to do. I just don't do the things I should do. And it's not, it's not healthy. It's not sh- the, the power of God. The, this modern day that, that is uh, so full of what seems to be m- m- motivational preaching and speaking that just throws Jesus in and a Bible verse kind of out of context to make people feel good about themselves. God does love you. Right. But he wants to help you be new. Everything we do, everything we try to do is pointing us to a new life. Hallelujah. That old things. It says there in in, uh, 2 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. The Bible says old things pass away. Behold, all things are become new. This new life in God. You say, well, I, I, I know how to, how, how to talk to sinners. Any sinner does. Because that's where we all were. Right. But God's not, I'm not in that life. I'm not living like I live that life. I'm, a, I'm not around those things anymore. I've, I've left that behind me for something so much better. Yeah. To tell people there's a better life. Yeah. Yeah. There's something exciting in God. A new life. Yeah. Yeah. Old things, we bury that old life. I don't look like I used to look. I don't talk like I used to talk. I don't think like I used to think. I'm a new creature, a new creation. Where there was darkness and and anger and sin, now there's joy and peace and love. And the Old Testament points to it, Ezekiel said that I'll put a new heart I'll give you and a new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away that stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart out of your, uh, I'll take away that, that stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh, something that's soft and that God can touch and move. And just because we go through the motions of, of joining a church or Asking Jesus to come into our hearts and not really turning our lives completely over to him. Burying that old life and letting God fill us with that new life. People walk away feeling good for a while, but realize, hey, those battles are still there. The struggles are still there. I'm not saying we don't battle or struggle, but chains need to be broken. I said chains need to be broken. We can point, and I think we should. There's a lot of, I said this the other day, scandals in in pulpits, adultery, perversion in the the choir and the song leaders. Yeah, hey. And we can say, well, God just loves us. Nobody's perfect. No, that's not what this Bible's teaching. God's going to set you free from that. What I was shouldn't be what I am. Amen. Amen. And we're not telling you that 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 we we don't care one bit. Like I said, we're going to spend absolutely no time at all worried about what you were and how you got there and and who who got you there. It's it's all just God take me to where I can be different, I can be new, I can be excited in what what God is doing in my life to be alive. Jesus said, "I've come to give life, and that more abundantly." We bury that old life and we rise to newness of life, a new creature. The Bible talks about the blood of Jesus sprinkling our conscience from sin. I love that. Because you know you can just be free to be able to say, you know what? That wasn't who I was. That who I was, that's not who I am today. That's not, I don't, uh, you know, every now and then, every now and then, you know, you just kind of think about it and say, was that who, and you cringe. But then you say, devil, that's not who I am anymore. You can't condemn me. You can't hold me under that accusation anymore because I'm a new creature. Now, that's what the gospel does. Yeah. This idea that, well, just God loves me and enables me to go on to self-destruct. That's, that's where churches have failed these days. To really just get down to say, hey, this will change you. Because your sin is going to keep you from, from being a blessing if you're married to your husband or to your wife, to your family. Right. Amen. Yeah, the, the sins and the, the battles and the struggles and internally is going to keep you from, from enjoying the life that God gave you. That you're not living day by day saying, hey, I'm getting by, I'm surviving. No, you're thriving in God because he's given you an abundant life. There's joy, there's peace, there's the fruit of the spirit that is in you. It's not because of you and it's not some sham that you put on. I'm so tired of folks talking about all the the, the confidence they have in themselves and how excited and positive they are. Hang on, they're going for a crash. Because confidence in you and how great you are, hey, I'm not here to pull you down, but we all need God. And the people that are shouting the most about how just wonderful they are and how beautiful they are and how confident and strong they are, they haven't convinced themselves down in their heart yet because God changes the heart. Because no matter how hard you try, no matter how hard you try to convince yourself, when God changes that heart, that's what it's all about. Old things pass away. All the hang-ups, all the baggage, all the things that that are part of your fall that really weren't even some of that your fault, maybe. Right. Ways that you tried to cope, ways you tried to deal with life because of everything you're around. Hey, it's horrible. Yeah, right. It's hurtful. Mm-hmm. But Jesus can give you a new life. Amen. That's all I can tell you. That's all I can say until God just sparks that in you and says, that's what I want. That's what I need. I'm tired to keep trying and, and keep failing. Let me tell you something else about this being new. If we can turn to 2 Corinthians 4, if you could. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14. Or verse 16, rather. I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. He's talking to Christians that are going through some difficult times. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. I want to just take a little bit of time before we progress into this this burial. Yeah, going to bury that old life. I'm going to there there is a. There is a an understanding in Scripture that Christians need renewed. Yes. That there is some of us in the service today, like myself, who maybe I've been around church and I've been a part of church uh off and on different times in my life, and and will tell you even in my some of my naive ways and some of my younger ways, I, I felt very sincere and real, but you know what? Sometimes life just has a way of happening. Doesn't it? Right. You find yourself in a place. I can tell you, I use a lot of times the idea of, uh, of Jacob in the Bible. He was, you know, he was, uh, had, had a dad and a granddad that were very much used of God and, and God spoke to him and dealt with him and he knew he, God had plans for him. And then one day he says, family, let's have a little meeting. We need to clean some things out of this house. We've got some idols here we need to bury. We need to get back to the house of God, back to Bethel. I don't know how that all transpired. I don't know how they drifted in all that. But I do realize that sometimes we need renewing in God. I'm so thankful that this exciting gospel, good news message of how Jesus will take our lives and make them new. Sometimes we find ourselves in a place where we're saying, you know what, I'm not... Especially proud of where I am today in God. I'm not sure how I got here. I don't know that I stopped loving God or believing God. But but I do realize that some of those old hang-ups and battles, it's not just something I go through and shake off. But it's something that's now hanging with me. And I find myself drifting away from my close relationship with God. Making God a priority in my life. Making God... First in my life and knowing that he's, he's given me power to walk, uh, tread on serpents and scorpions and have power over all those old thoughts and all those old feelings and then t- those temptations that I have. And, and we come to a place where we need renewed. Yeah. We come to a place where there's a need to come back and say, God, you made me new, but I need renewal. Yeah. Just. Situations and circumstances. I was sharing with a friend, a preacher friend of mine, in in, uh, in Mississippi, and and he had lost his wife at a young age, and and I was talking to him about just circumstances and situations, and I said, I find myself just feeling like things are good and things are right, but it kind of brings me around. And says, Hey, wait a minute, don't don't neglect that wife of yours. Appreciate her more than than you have been, and that idea of relationship sometimes god puts you in a place to renew that amen not that things were just horrible and terrible and wrong and they weren't but but say you know what god maybe maybe i need to grow a little bit more in that right we come to places where god brings us into these areas of needing renewed anybody remember the prodigal the boy that had everything the and had a future ahead of him but Stupid thoughts come into his mind. And I'll tell you, if the devil's talking to you, that's stupid. If the devil's working in you, you need to tell him to shut up. And I don't tell anybody else to shut up. But when the devil starts putting in his mind, hey, there's things out there to go experience and to, and, and, and to, and to find yourself out there, and he wastes everything on righteous living, the Bible says. And then he comes crawling back one day with the hog slop all over him and there's his father just opening arms, welcoming him back to renewal, to renewal. The Bible talks about a man that gets all cleaned up. All the spirits of the enemy are, are, are cast out of him. That old life is gone. All that darkness and and bondage of, of the enemy. And he's doing all right. He's all cleaned up, but he's not filled up. Those battles, those struggles, those spirits come back and their old address and see that things are cleaned up but not filled up chris you gotta get filled up you gotta stay filled up amen we all need to be filled up pastor flosser you need to be filled up and stay filled up amen if not we are vulnerable to that old life but but there's renewing that's the thing you get filled and you get renewed in that and And God, it says in Ephesians 4.23, to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That when you recognize that old thoughts and feelings and temptations and whatever it might be, those old ways that used to cope, but didn't help you. You get renewed and skip back to that first love. Get back to that place in God. It says in Isaiah, the 40th chapter, Hast thou not known, hast thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, he fainteth not. Neither is weary. There's no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint. Sometimes you feel weary. But he'll give you power. To them that have no might, he increaseth strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. The young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's renewed strength for you. When you feel like it's this, you're spinning your wheels. When you feel like your strength is enough, it never was. You didn't start in your strength. You can't get across the finish line in in your strength. You need renewed strength. We're excited about what the Lord is doing. When the Bible says that Jesus died, he was buried, he rose again. He poured out his spirit to the church. You see this big religious gathering on the day of Pentecost, but there's just a little group over here praying in a prayer meeting. And God fills them. 120 there that day. Fills them with the Holy Ghost. This gets noised abroad. People come around saying, these folks are acting like they're drunk. That worship, that praise that was going on in them, they didn't care what it looked like. They were just giving glory to God. Not some form of, of starchy religion, but excitement. Excitement. Amen. They came around and Peter begins to preach to them about Jesus. Yeah. Starts telling them that you crucified the Lord of glory. You were so blind to, to, to what was going on. You were so blind in your own traditions. And, and they were convicted. They were pricked in their hearts, it says. And they said unto them, Peter and the rest of the brethren, and in Acts 2nd chapter, verse 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? They recognized. I'm not where I need to be. I need newness of life. I, my religion isn't cutting it. My traditions aren't, aren't taking me to where I need to be. There's more. What I see going on, there's more for me. Right. And they said, what should we do? The answer that Peter gave that day is a very different answer than a lot of preachers will answer. A lot of folks that they have been taught. But Peter stands up with the rest of the disciples that day and says, Repent of your sins be baptized every one of you in the name of jesus christ for the remission of those sins and ye shall receive the gift of the holy ghost he said this promise is for you but not just you here for your children and all that are far off even as many as the lord our god shall call he said this is not just for you but it's for whosoever will this is what god is doing if we turn to Acts, the 19th chapter, quickly, and then we're going to move on. Acts 19. We can see similar instances. We went over them quite a bit last week in Acts 8, Acts 10. You say, why, why are we looking at the book of Acts? Well, when you look in Romans and the epistles of the New Testament, these are letters that are written to the church. People that have already experienced this new birth. But in the book of Acts, you see initial meetings with folks that that don't understand, that never been taught, that have never been uh, been through this experience. And Acts 19, verse one, says it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. I think that's key. These are folks that. Weren't just uh, maybe folks that had no idea about anything. They had, they had some belief, amen. They were followers yeah. of Jesus, but they just needed some teaching. Right. They just they didn't have it all. Thank God for people that are saying, you know, I don't know it all. Right. I don't know it all. Hey, I'm I'm here. I'm a sponge. Go ahead, teach me. Fill me right. up. I want to. I got some questions. Right. I'm not trying to, you know, clash swords with you. I'm not saying be a pushover. Have good questions, right. but then listen to good answers. Yeah. And he said unto them, listen to this, They're disciples, hey, that's great, you're a disciple, I'm a disciple too, let's go get coffee. <laughs> yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Right. We're not preaching against that, trust right. me. But he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Right. Is he looking for a fight? <laughs> you talking about, you want to you fuss about doctrine? No, we just want you to know Jesus the way we know. Want right. you to want you to have a walk with God. Right. Talking about, they said, well, we, we don't, they were ignorant of it. They weren't, <laughs> Just folks that were tearing down and trying to wreck things they said well we haven't even heard whether there be any holy ghost he said, well how are you baptized under what then were you baptized he said under john's baptism then said paul john verily baptized with a baptism of repentance saying Unto the people that they should believe on him which should come after him that is on jesus christ but it says when they heard this they were baptized in the name of the lord jesus I, I love it that that religious spirit wasn't on them so much as to say, hey, listen, who do you think you're talking to? I was already baptized under John. Hey, there's more. Right. There's more. Let's learn. Let's grow. Let's, let's experience the power that is in truth. Yes, sir. Because religious tradition doesn't set you free. That's right. Truth sets you free. Yes, sir. When they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid his hands upon them, the Holy Ghost came on them, they spake with tongues and prophesied, all the men were about twelve. We're gonna make to God today. God knows how to make lives new. But he also knows how to renew. We're not here to try to point fingers and saying, Well, you don't you don't know God and you don't have a relationship with God. You don't no, we're just here to help you in where God has brought you from, where God has brought you to, and help you move on to higher heights. With the power of God's spirit, the power of his name, the power of, uh, of his word, that we can walk in that and have victory over all those things that have chained us back from the blessings of God for so long. I'd just like everybody to bow their heads right now, if you would, please, Sister Katie's going to come to the music. Chris, why don't you go on back there and get that get that robe and put it on and we're just going to start getting ready to, to move forward in this baptism. But as everybody's praying, it doesn't matter to me where you've been other than just hearing what God's done for your life. It doesn't matter to me whose fault it is. I'm not here to put blame on you. But I am here to say that we got to make a choice. The Bible says, "Choose you this day whom you'll serve." So many want to serve God, but can we serve God according to His truth and not according to our our ways? God will change your life. Old things will pass away, and all things will become. take the darkness, the hurt, He'll heal your heart. He'll take the sins that keep you from being everything God's called you to be. He sees what you've been through. He sees the hurt that you carry. He sees how hard it is to forgive. He sees how tried so hard to just move on and and that's good but there's new there's new life available for you the strength and the courage that you have I don't want to take anything away from it but in ourselves feeble let's be honest we're weak but God's got strength for you God's got renewed life in you too many people in church they've just acclimated themselves they've they've gotten used to a a certain level of just surviving but God has a way to take away that old heart Put something exciting in you. Put a life that is fulfilled. A life that is has peace and joy. I wonder right now if you can just I'm not going to ask you to lift up your hand. I'm not going to ask you to step out. And, but I ask you to just pray right now and talk to God. Lord, here I am. Lord, I want you to lead me. I need more from you. I need more from you. You, where I am today, God, I've done my best, but I need your help. I need your help. I need your strength. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I wonder if we could all just go ahead and stand. I'm going to ask Brother Chris to come on up. Some of you, brothers, if you feel comfortable, if you come around him. Some of the brothers here from the church, if you wouldn't mind just coming around, we'll pray with him right now. The rest of the church, just just reaching out to God, praying for him. Come on up here, my brother. Lord, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you. We thank you for what you're doing in this life. We thank you, Lord. God, for a heart that wants to serve you, that's tired of the old and the old. Lord, so excited, God, for a new life in You, God. Thank You. God, I'm asking You to just break every chain of the enemy once again, God. Lord, that every bit of that old life, Lord, we're going to bury it today, Lord. We're going to reckon it dead indeed. It can't come back and it can't hold us anymore. Every right that the enemy has had over this life is broken by the blood of Jesus Christ and by the name that is above every name. Reclaim that the enemy has had in his life and his family, Lord. We we stand against it in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we pray that you would just fill him today. And Lord, work in him your will, Lord, to be a blessing, to be a help, to be a light, God. And how much you, Lord, love us and, and save to the uttermost, God. Thank you for it. Thank you for it, Lord. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Church, keep on praying. I want Chris to come on up here. I want—I asked him to testify and just give a few words just about what God has done for him and how he believes that Jesus has broken the chains of sin in his life and has forgiven him and given him a new life. Wow, these people.
1: Been uh, a drug addict for thirty years. Uh, not little drugs either. I started little drugs, uh, I spent probably the last ten years of my life putting a needle in my arm every day, and it was not easy. I've been to rehab plenty of times. Been to jail eight times. Uh, it's pretty disappointing when your family. Doesn't even tell you anything that's going on because it's so ashamed of you. So, but Jesus was not ashamed of me. I was sitting on the couch. I was sitting on the couch and I was kneeling down. Uh, actually, let's start off before that. I was sleeping on the couch and my wife and my two dogs come running down the stairs and uh, and they were scared. they were so scared. And uh, there they woke me up. And said, "Chris." were you were you just up did you go were you outside i said no i'm sleeping here said, we're the only ones in the house and the door had slammed so loud that it woke him up in the middle of the night at 3 a.m and brought him down so yeah, i didn't know because i was i was trapped inside my own body I an unclean spirit uh i've been gambling all my house money away and none of my bill money this is stuff that i would never do even when I had a drug addict, but I was a drug addict my whole life. I made sure I had my house money and my car money. You know what I mean? I made good money. But now it got past that. It got to the point where I was trying to tell myself what to do. Like I was with my, trying to control my body and I couldn't. I'm like, come on, we got to go to work. It's 11 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm supposed to start seven. And he told me, you know, we're getting fired today. And I was trapped for a long time. But my wife prayed for me. Uh, Greg Locke's church. And 103 people prayed for me that night. And I know what slammed that door that night was that spirit leaving me. Because I got up and I felt way better. So, so I sat up on the couch and I asked him to come for me. I said, man, you kept me up. You kept me alive through 100-mile-an-hour crashes, 75-mile-an-hour crashes, through ODs, uh, stuff that nobody even knew about me. But uh, well, be careful what you ask for. He came like a freight train. uh, People have known me. know this ain't me. Uh, He's literally, well, he took drugs overnight. I was getting ready to go get drugs that night. I've been doing so long to get them cheap. it It was just like, it was easy. I didn't want to go, and I was losing that fight. And he came and he took it from me like I never did it before. Like I never did before. Cigarettes, I smoked cigarettes longer than that. I was stealing cigarettes from my father when I was 12. Uh, he took that from me overnight. You know, the devil did come back though. He come back. He come back for me. I didn't know it. Thank God for Pastor Foster. He grounded me. Uh, he come back and I text him when, when I'm in trouble. I'm like, look, oh, man, I'm smoking. I smoked five cigarettes. I'm so mad at my wife. I'm ready to leave her. I'm ready to go to Florida. Live with my brother. And he's like, dude, I feel so bad for you. The devil's fighting you right now. And I. I've been in Scripture 24/7. It's all I do at work. It's all I do at home. i study it. See, last time I came to came to Christ, I never listened. I never got halfway through Genesis. So how was I going to stay in the church? I didn't know nothing about it. I didn't even know what God said. I had no clue what God was. You know what I mean? I thought I did. Yeah, sure, I believed it, but did I really? Oh, well, but He came into my life and He changed literally everything. First, He took the physical addictions: cigarettes, drugs. They're gone then i realized i still had a temper i still had i was fast to wrath but i didn't think i was quick to talk you know instead of listen and i used to change my heart and my mind and he did it and he did it for three days he's been prepping me for this day for the last six weeks and he made amazing amazing changes i'm nobody i'm no near i'm not near where i was before no so, uh his voice is very clear um uh, I just want to give him the glory because I, I, I love him so much because, like, I tried to fix myself for years, years and years and years. Where did I get? I got nowhere. I got absolutely nowhere. Matter of fact, at the time, I got worse. So, and he still, he still cared enough to come back and get me. See, the problem was that he didn't come back. I came back to him. He was our ear so you know, people don't realize that he lives in the same temple. All right? When you hear that, you know, uh, don't dirty the temple by doing drugs and stuff, like, the temple is you. You're the temple. And he, he dwells there because he doesn't dwell temples made from hands. The churches you can build and put fancy stones and stuff, but he don't dwell there. I mean, he, he can be brought there because your temple goes inside of it and he was with you. But other than that, he's dwelling in you. So he's going to do me a huge solid today. Um, and he's going to let me get baptized with his grace. And this time's different. I did get baptized before. As a matter of fact, when I got baptized, I was high on opiates. You know what I mean? How's that for getting baptized? You know what I mean? I mean I already started with a slapping the face then. So but I didn't know him then. I know him now. Oh man do I know him now. Uh hey God's been he's been so good to me. Jesus is uh, just amazing. I know people see me today and are like, away. you know what I mean? I was that kind of person. You know. And I ain't warm. I'm gonna go leave him right over there in that tub. So, I'm hoping there's enough water for the sins that I had, buddy. Uh but you know what?
0: It's time to change. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you, Jesus.
0: If anybody wants to gather up a little closer with. It's just emotional to see folks that have just come to the house of God so so hungry, so excited about God. We, we make a plain. We want to be real. We want to be genuine. We want to help folks be real. We're not here to, to fuss and fight. We're here to just minister and serve. God's going to do this right now. Let's all pray for Him. God.
2: praise Him. Thank you, Lord. God, so good, thank you for it, God. Thank you for it, God. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you're worthy, Lord. You're worthy,
0: God. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Oh, God, you're, oh you're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, we thank God. Who's going to be praying for Chris? Who's going to be praying, standing with him? Thank up to the drums,
2: please. Well, I've already been to the water. Well, I've already been baptized. I've already been converted. Oh, you yes, know I feel. I feel all right. I've been changed. Praise God for a little while. Already been converted. You know, I feel, I feel alright. I've been changed in Jesus' name. Oh, yes, I feel, I feel alright. I feel alright, I've been chased in Jesus' name, oh yes I feel, I feel alright, well I've already been. name. Oh, yes, I I feel, I feel
0: all Oh, give God glory one more time. Clap your hands unto the Lord and give God the praise. He's the one that's worthy. Oh, yes. Thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Thank you, Lord, for this great day. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement, the strength you've given us, God. Now go with us, I pray. Lead us in your will. Lead us to higher heights. Lead us to deeper depths in you, God. Teach us and guide our lives in your best will. We love you. We thank you. We pray in the name of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. God bless you. Shake hands with everybody around you before you go.